1: And this ain't no true crime podcast Honestly, you can't call this a history podcast Because I'm no historian I'm just a history fan that does some research And bullshits about it with his friends So speaking of my friends, let me introduce you to my co-host So first with us today, we got DC What up, doe? And then also with us, we got Dan the Man, the Duke
2: Good morning, Vietnam! <laughs> <laughs> See, I did a lean back on that one. I wasn't like all up on the mic.
1: My headphones appreciate it. Thank you. Hey,
2: you asked me <laughs> if I was ready, then I asked you if you were ready. No. Oh, real quick. Game of Who's a Robin Williams. You think of Robin Williams. What movie? Actually, see, I don't think of a movie because I'm
3: old. I think of Mork and, Mork and Mindy. Mindy. I like it. You... I was going to say Mork
1: and Mindy, but I'm, since I'm not going to copycat, I'll go Goodwill Hunting.
2: Mine is Aladdin, so it's completely different. <laughs> Complete opposite of spectrum, something. <laughs> okay. But another odd one that I always think of, nobody else saying, Cadillac Man. I don't think I've ever even seen that one. He's a That's car smart. salesman, and uh, Tim Robbins comes in and holds everyone hostage because his old lady's cheating on him with another salesman. Either way, it's good. And Robin Williams, he's good in it.
1: I think most of the Robin Williams I like is a little bit more toned down. Like Mm -hmm. Mork and Mindy was odd, but it wasn't the wild rambunctious version that he does. I like my my Robin Williams tamer. So that was Robin Williams talk. Say hello to the bad guy, breaks down Robin. That's a good guy, (laughs) dude. We don't cover good guys.
2: Oh, but you know what? Sometimes I go by the name Dan the Man Levitan, and that is from Good Morning Vietnam. Oh, is it? (laughs) Yeah.
1: I just thought it rhymed, and you were simple i got us a drink to all try out we drink whiskey on here a lot i'm a whiskey drinker i prefer bourbon oddly enough i've never had scotch which is just whiskey from scotland right
2: Yeah. I well believe. i've learned because i used to be one of those people that didn't know like whiskey bourbon scotch all this sort of shit but they're all whiskey like you know the classic every thumb is a finger not every finger is a thumb like bourbon is whiskey scotch is whiskey pacific so I really love whiskey in all its forms. I think.
1: So this thumb, it's a single malt Scotch, but Oban Bay Reserve. But it's a Game of Thrones Night Watch a little um, dork Scotch themed. whiskey. Yeah. Well, we are sitting in a dork dungeon. We talk about like these <laughs> vicious criminals surrounded by Star Wars toys, and
2: oh yeah, we've done plenty of unreleased podcasts strictly about dorky shit. Like, don't make us break into the MCU right now. Right
1: when when we're not talking about. Criminals, that's pretty much what we are talking about is nerdy (laughs) or
2: shit. I don't know much about the, what is the single malt? I'm not exactly sure.
1: And I don't know which one's better, a single malt or a double malt.
2: I think it's a lot like whatever you like like if you like the double malt that's your shit you like the single malt that's your shit i already disclosed
1: this is my first time even drinking scotch i spent all this time doing the research on the guys i could have spent like five minutes researching this <laughs> the scotch we're gonna drink nah
3: just pour and drink <laughs>
1: <Again>. <laughs> look it's scotch and it's got the night's watch oath but what else do you need that's good enough for me exactly
2: it's pretty we good just though. said we don't know much about scotch so it's it's going back to us drinking that tequila again
3: you said you like it decent? Yeah, it's good. It's, it's pretty smooth. And of course, you know, Locke always has some very interesting ice. So mm-hmm. I have mines with a little Han Solo ice, but uh, it's
2: good. It's really smooth. My ice is kind of melted. It looks like it was just a mushroom.
1: Well, it was a Death Star.
2: <laughs> oh, all right. Why no. is one side so much fatter than the other? Because you let it sit.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it was probably when it was sitting there. That's the part that was part out of the whiskey is what I'm guessing
2: man fuck you guys and your science <laughs> 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 no but uh it's pretty good i mean i drink the bourbon just because that's what everybody drinks because i'm mainly drinking with you and you right. drink bourbon. <laughs> like i never thought i'd be one of the guys like yeah blindfold for if it's bourbon or a scotch probably like this definitely has a distinct taste and i know a lot of drinkers like yeah no shit everyone can but give me a break
1: someone listening right now does like scotch and they're like <laughs> fucking idiots
2: (laughs) well i think if if they take their scotch extra serious and that's their shit they're probably not getting the game of thrones right themed ones
1: it is supposed to be a good scotch though that's one thing we mentioned earlier like off mic we were talking about the game of thrones beer they did their beer through Gang. it's a smart thing like a lot of times people used to go cheaper and expect your brand to sell it Mm -hmm. a lot of people nowadays are putting their brand on good shit so especially game of thrones not on their endings but sick burn <laughs> so i guess try to move past my nerdy fucking comments we'll get back into some criminals so i can thug this up a little bit
2: um, no i like it you know now i'm gonna get extra ner- you know what sit back this one's gonna get real nerdy i
3: will throw one thing in before we move over i i had a small amount of the whiskey of the scotch but uh, oh, also i do have a beer here so i have a lagunitas ale but it's uh something easy okay Something some, 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 some 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 easy something nice. something it, we'll something easy so it's actually it. pretty
2: good see mm-hmm. me and like, we gotta wait it like it's something, <laughs> something that's what it is easy you i must. like a little lagunitas plus what's the diff the style why is it different than the normal one
3: um, I don't know what all was done I don't know I think there are other one I drink I don't think it's an L I think it's an um, It's an IPA Yeah I think it's an IPA They're I mean like... IPA is still Ale That's what the A and IPA is IPA is specifically Indian pale ale Versus yeah, just a So you got like the brown ale So on and so forth yeah. So. yeah Usually if it's just an ale, I put it in the category of like the
2: brown ale. Well, I do know that the Indian pale ale, the IPA, the reason what separates that is the extra hops because they had to put the hops in as a preservative to get it from Mm -hmm. India or whatever. So if it's a normal ale, it's probably like less hoppy.
1: First time I had an IPA, these dorks that were teaching me how to drink this beer. I like that infinite,
2: these dorks.
1: I want to make sure. I think they listen too. So (laughs) Fucking bozos. But yeah, so those dorks—they kept telling me they were tell—they tell me the India story about the hops, and they were like, "So you taste that? What you're tasting? That's called hoppy."
2: <laughs> like, like, hey, dork! That makes me not want your beer. Yeah. We're not talking about cartoon bunnies right now, dickhead. I'm trying to get drunk. But I will say the Scotch
1: though—I like it. I will drink almost any whiskey. Like if if I if I pour a whiskey, I'll drink it. You know, whiskey's like a pizza, deal? Right, for sure. There's not not a bad one. <laughs> But this is legitimately good. Like, I dig it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Before we get started, I got to make sure, as always, want to thank all the show contributors. So thanks, Sixfold Swaino, for letting us use his song in the intro and Cancer. We use his song Blood in the mid-roll. He also, he did our cover art, which you could see at his Instagram, Eyesbleed Defiance on Instagram. And he's got all his... Photography, graphic arts, all that stuff there. You can go see that.
2: I figured out his album, the Grenades, Pistols, and Rape Whistles. It is on Amazon or whatever which everyone's got Amazon Prime nowadays. So you right. can easily just type in Amazon Music and find it and I uh I checked it out a couple weeks back or whatever. Man, it is fucking some good shit. Like he might be one of my favorite rappers.
1: He doesn't uh he doesn't just lean on hooks or whatever. He raps. He's oh, yeah. he's a lyricist.
2: And I particularly I dig that stuff the more violent. Yeah. I forget I think he calls it boom bap or whatever. I don't know this yeah. this Yeah. He, style, he but called but it, it boom bap. bap. I don't know. But I mean, if that's the name of that style, like I really like it's almost like early
3: ish Eminem. Yeah. And don't forget, too, if you go over to com, click on the sponsor link, you'll be able to see all of our sponsors as they come, rotate things of that sort. And then if you have trouble, sometimes you may hear us say the name of a sponsor. You're like, how in the world do I spell that? Because I've had that issue myself. Go ahead right over to the sponsor link and click on it you'll be able to go right to their pot uh, their profiles
1: you know I forgot that now we could do that like I could I could skip all the extra talking bullshit and just say so go see our sponsors on the website yeah, I don't gotta say all these extra I think it's social still good medias. to give
3: them a shout yeah. out but you know for the specific social medias and stuff like that it's easy to say go over here click yeah. and you know it's right there on the front but I think the shout outs are they
2: deserve good. it right <laughs> god well, damn, they haven't right. earned a shout out lock that's what you're saying <laughs> alright sponsors like you. Guys, go to the website dorks because we're too busy to say well we could talk a half hour about robin williams but you sponsors go fuck yourself
1: and then you could also follow you we got our website badguypodcast.com we're on instagram at badguypodcast and then we're on twitter now it's the badguypod on twitter now i guess it's my fault because i don't use it very much but we got like a thousand followers on instagram and 12 followers on twitter So get those Twitter numbers up. Those are rookie numbers.
2: (laughs) ABT. Always
1: be (laughs) tweeting. We'll go ahead and get started. And the bad guy we're talking about today is Leonardo Passafaro.
0: This ain't negotiation time. This is Scarface. Final scene. Fucking bazooka's under each arm. Say hello to my little friend.
1: Ooh, double O. Alright, can you can you guess what nationality he's gonna
2: be? He sounds (laughs) Mongolian.
1: So we got Leonardo Passafaro, a.k.a. Lenny Montana.
2: I, I love the a.k.a. Lenny Montana. Yeah. <laughs> well, the first one, you, you made the joke, definitely Italian. The second one, yeah, is that a white dude? It's Lenny Montana. Lenny He's from Montana, Wyoming.
1: Right. Uh, Leonardo Passafaro was born March 13, 1926
2: in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, uh, at the height of Prohibition. Right. Well the Roaring Twenties.
1: Right. Bad part about that though, that means you're gonna grow up during the Great Depression.
2: Yeah. Means your mom was out there flapping about the nightclubs.
3: And think about it, you know, as we're going through the depression that we have been going through these through these years. Back in those days, they didn't even have a (laughs) OnlyFans. There weren't no cam
1: girls. (laughs) So he was fluent in both English and Italian. Not a whole lot is known about his childhood. What we do know is that he was big as shit. And then in 1953, when he moved to New Jersey to start wrestling professionally, he was billed at 6'6",
2: 250 pounds. Damn, big boy. Big boy. Wait, I got hung up on the the decade. What's the location?
1: Uh, New Jersey. New Jersey. So he... He moved real far. He went from Brooklyn all the way over to New Jersey.
2: (laughs) 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 Got to go across the river here. I'm going out of state.
1: Uh, Yeah, so he's 6'6", 250, and his wrestling name was Lenny Montana. Ah, all right. Soon you say
2: he was a wrestler. Oh, okay.
1: Now I get the name. (laughs) So he was a huge hit, and soon he went to the Midwest Regional Circuit, where he was a major draw in, in Kansas City and eventually Texas. Over his career, he would share the ring as either opponent or a tag team partner with future Hall of Famers Eddie Graham, who at one point was uh, he became the president of the NWA and is a WWE Hall of Famer uh nwa that's where like when wwf was big that's where sting and rick flair and all them were
2: yeah back when uh it used to be regional and shit before all the big ones took everything over
3: right back when the wwe was the wwf
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, or, I mean,
3: before the world wildlife federation <laughs> told them bitch that's our
2: name <laughs> well that was the big thing if i can be extra dorky right now going into the whole pro wrestling thing they all had their territories, and Vince McMahon was the first one to say, you know what, fuck your territory. We're taking over, and he built the big empire, and that was actually against the rules to do all that shit. He was actually an asshole.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, this one guy, this is Vern Gagne. He's one of only seven men inducted into the WWE, the WCW, and the Professional Ra- Wrestlers Hall of Fame.
2: Oh wow. This is crazy. This is way back in the 50s. Like, yeah. that's wild. Uh, you got to think, you know,
3: back in those times, I mean, wrestling, you know, I don't know how big it still is literally today. I would guess, you know, quite a bit is still big. Oh, but Back huge. in those days, anything that was like a show show, we could put on a show. And, I mean, you think yeah. of wrestling, it's really a show of acrobatics and acting. It had to be, you know, you go into these small towns almost like a circus, and they sold beer at those shows. I mean, yeah. beer and guys jumping off the rope and stuff like that. I mean... We still love stuff like that today. So I can oh, imagine yeah. when entertainment wasn't as big as you having a million channels and the internet.
2: Oh, yeah, back was then, <laughs> these little road shows were probably like, that's back in the good old carnival days where yeah. like the, the carnival coming to town. It was like
3: the hottest shit ever. My favorite thing about this. So Locke has a picture up here. Not sure if it's going to end up going on the Instagram or whatever. Yeah, I, I put, guys, they all go straight on that. Oh, you okay. see those physiques? So, yeah, They're this, going up. <laughs> this was well before steroids. <laughs>
1: <laughs> these are some, it's crazy that these guys are the big, like when you see wrestlers nowadays, like every one of these guys now would be what they call a jobber.
2: Was yeah, the, the, <laughs> funny the thing classic is? just barrel body, barrel check? They just, it wasn't about uh, the good old getting ripped and glamor muscles. About just being big. Being yeah. able to toss people about. The guy second from the left.
3: That's like the closest you're going to get to abs in this, <laughs> picture. <laughs> in this picture. And he's clearly sucking in. That's Vern Gagne. Yeah, I love it. Now, uh. See this
1: guy in the singlet? His name mm-hmm. is Gypsy Joe. He's kind of considered like one of the godfathers of hardcore wrestling. Uh. So he was uh he was inducted into the Nashville Pro, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. by. He was Mick...
2: the first one to wrap a bat in barbed wire. <laughs>
1: but he was uh inducted by Mick Foley, who All is right. kind of like the hardcore guy now, right? So yeah. it's kind of like him kind of respecting
2: well, was at this point McFoley's the old retired guy? I think it's crazy when you see
1: the Gypsy Joe pictures, because like you're talking about like the old schoolness of it. Mm-hmm. You're used to seeing that stuff now, but there's some picture, but it's in the '50s and '60s when oh. people weren't doing that. Like you know, up against some like old '50s fence. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh man, whoa, whoa Gypsy Joe.
3: <laughs> That's hilarious.
1: Uh, Lenny Montana. He eventually becomes AWA tag team champs with a guy named Hardboiled Haggerty in 1960. <laughs> Uh, hard-boiled Haggerty actually Okay, Lenny Montana ends up breaking a He ends up getting a broken leg So they win the tag team championship It's like they finally make it and then he breaks his leg So this hard-boiled Haggerty guy has to He has to pick up a different wrestler as his tag team champion mm-hmm. He goes on to become like an international sensation Like he goes like yeah. He's like a wrestling all over the world Like mm. in the 60s and shit uh-huh. He gets on TV roles He was on Kung Fu, Get Smart, Happy Days, Bob Newhart like, Oh wow Like he was on all this different shit and uh, Lenny Montana gets better from his leg injury, and he has to go on the carnival circuit, bounce, bouncing clubs at night.
2: Oh, so he probably has a healthy mindset and doesn't hold on to resentment and isn't all pissed off at all.
1: You know, you know I mean, he thinks that's sweet, like, oh, that worked out real well.
2: <laughs> How did he break his leg? Does it say exactly? It,
1: it doesn't say exactly. I'm sure just I right... hope
2: it was something dumb. It <laughs> was just something real stupid happened just fucked up his whole life. Well, see, what happened was it was the very, very first
3: steel cage match. Yep. He jumped off of the top of the steel cage, and the ring just wasn't built that well. It wasn't enough spring to it. He went right
2: through the ring. <laughs> That's my story.
3: I'm sticking with it. It's <laughs> he said,
2: hey, hey, hard-boiled, I got an idea. Oh, Gypsy Joe, he's talking me into doing a tables, ladders, and chairs match. The first one ever. No, Lenny, I told you that's stupid. You're going to hurt yourself, and then we're not going to make it. You're going to injure yourself, when we get kicked off the zur- No, I don't know, hard-boiled. I think it would be real neat Oh, if we get Gypsy Joe said it would be badass. He's got chairs and ladders. We're going to do it. he got a whole spool of barbed wire. No, Lenny, that's stupid. Ah, you know nothing, hard-boiled. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, this hard-boiled Haggerty's holding me back.
2: Shit.
1: I could be getting hit with bricks with Gypsy Joe. Exactly.
2: Well, that's fucked up, because the more I think, like Gypsy Joe, hard-boiled Haggerty. Yeah, I'm Lenny. <laughs> Lenny, Montana. Lenny Montana. I guess if he's named after a state.
1: He was gigantic, though. So I think that kind of eliminated some of it.
2: And when he was big, he was- yeah, nobody <laughs> wanted to tell him that's a horrible name.
1: He was like a huge draw. Like one of his things, so for a while, his shtick was, he was so big, he'd hurry up and pin the guy in like one minute. Ah. So he he beat their ass. Like that's a stick It's like, yeah, I just yeah. dominate everybody. Yeah.
2: So yeah. he was the old school Andre the Giant?
3: Yes. It's like the original Tyson effect. You go out to see Tyson, knock a guy out in like 30 seconds. Listen, I will pin this guy in under a minute guarantee. lenny <laughs> montana you gotta say his name like that though lenny
2: montana <laughs> now that i think about it i hope his voice really did sound like the impression i did like that <laughs> so that really bad. like, hey why are you out
3: sound like oh. S- squeaky from happy
2: days
1: <laughs> you know when you first said you hoped it was something stupid the first thing i thought of was that Tony Ferguson tripping over on the wire on the production set, like right before a fight? Yeah. He tripped over, doing an interview, trips over a wire, completely blows out his fucking knee, like going into a title fight and shit. What's, gets
3: stripped of his interim belt. What's so crazy is a guy like that. He did so many crazy things in training on video. You're like, what is wrong with this guy? He's gonna hurt himself. Never hurts yourself. Trips over a wire. (laughs) It's like, really? I've seen you kick steel poles and nothing wrong, but you trip over a wire.
2: Whatever. We've all twisted (laughs) our ankle just standing there.
3: That is true. All of a
2: sudden, like, where the fuck did this ground go? Now my ankle's fucked up.
1: Lenny really only hits the carnival circuit for so long, and he goes into semi-retirement. He would only wrestle occasionally if there's a big enough opportunity. He attempted to move into acting. he met with casting agents in Hollywood, they secured him one un- uncredited role, and by the late 60s, he ends up returning to Brooklyn. Now he's no longer young, so now he's 6'6", he's over 300 pounds, uh, he's a really big boy, and he's got limited work options, Every all he's ever done as an adult is wrestle. So he begins working as an enforcer for the Colombo family.
3: Hey, that's a good way to transition. I mean, what else you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: they're really, you're a big dude. You're too old to be doing some physical shit now. You like, I'll beat people up.
3: I'm in. I'll do it. I mean, think about it. When you have a guy like that kind of behind you, he really doesn't even need to beat people up. It's an intimidation factor. <laughs> that's what yeah. i was just thinking.
2: Yeah. He's like the old school cartoon, like where like the little guy will come walking up, and then just the big hawking guy would just be standing by him, like.
3: I remember I used it. to work with this guy, right. This was some years ago, probably almost 10 years ago. He was from the Ukraine, and he had a really heavy accent. And so he would wear... He was like... Imagine Fedor. He had like a Fedor-type body. Like, he was wide and just solid. But it wasn't like... Um, it wasn't like Rip was just like a big, solid guy. And he would always wear like a tight leather coat with like a hoodie under it. Mm-hmm. And he looks like a straight Russian gangster. And so whenever we would go places i am like, you do understand, no matter where we go, I'm telling everybody you're my bodyguard, right? And it's not like when they talk to you, they're going to understand what you're saying anyway, so you're my bodyguard. And, like, like it was the funniest thing. And he would just laugh, so we would go places. So I'd be like, yeah, listen, I need you to make sure everything's right because I got my bodyguard here. And he's just standing there with his regular face and his tight leather coat on looking intimidating. <laughs>
2: Nobody ever gave me problems. Well, you look at jacket. you not look tight jacket? Exactly. Please stand back for my friend. I am by the guard. Stand back or I shall move you back.
1: You had your own Lenny Montana before you exactly. knew Lenny Montana was a thing. Exactly.
2: What they don't know is he couldn't beat him up because his arms couldn't move air aerodynamic in that jacket. With the jacket. Don't make me move. This is my third jacket this week.
1: So after working a while for Enforcer in the Columbo family, he progresses to arson. He's got a he's got a unique skill set in arson. It has an arsonist
2: <laughs> being big and setting shit on fire. It's so good because usually, like when you set fires, you want to be a little incognito, not BC. Yeah. You just <laughs> see this big gumpy dude like just running away <laughs> from the thing. Oh, I broke my leg again trying to <laughs> jump off a porch and shit. Like. Maybe that was a part of the stick though, right? It's like uh. if you
3: see a fire, you're like, "Wow, who set that fire?" You run to the fire. And it's this big lurch dude just walking away really slow. Like, couldn't have been that guy.
2: Oh, oh look at this. That tree's trying to get away from the fire. He must not want to get caught.
1: He's got a very unique style when it comes to his arson. So he preferred two methods. So one was he would take a kerosene-soaked tampon and tie it to a mouse's tail and let it loose through a house. Wow. Okay. So that was one move he liked to do. Mm-hmm. And the other one was he'd take these long burn candles and set them in cuckoo clocks with a time and when the bird would pop out it would knock over the candle and he light stuff on fire
2: those so are he, pretty he, smart he, he was peewee his <laughs> what is that called <laughs> a, a ruba uh, yeah it's, like, oh, it's like the name of a dude the rubican mm-hmm. test um, um, uh, track or some shit yeah shit now i can't think of that word at all <laughs> i'm gonna blame <laughs> on the scotch not right your stupidity but no that's great he just is it rube goldberg something like yeah. it yeah so But, uh, yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) Like, those are his two ways. Two ways nobody the fuck that, like, some real weird, a candle on a cuckoo clock. Well, think about
3: it. I like it because we just talked about how crazy it would be him being so big trying to get away from this fire. Both of those give him time. He walks away really slow. Think about the cuckoo clock. Regular candle just burning. You set it based on whenever it comes. The cuckoo clock can go out 20 minutes from now. Listen, you're far away. And the mouse... You gotta figure the mouse is gonna run. It's gonna run in the wall somewhere. Fire's gonna start slowly with smoke in the wall. That guy was brilliant. Yeah. See, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it said it was he was good at it, right? I mean, that was his jam.
2: I mean, now I'm gonna go the opposite way. I'm gonna take back this voice, <laughs> and I'm making more of just a meathead. Just like I imagine him going into like when he first thought of it. I bet he was just gonna light something. And then just he saw the clock. He's like oh cuckoo and like just went over there and did it and just figured it out spoiler alert you're getting warmer (laughs) (laughs) wait you mean the guy who was wrestling ended up breaking his leg and going nowhere is kind of stupid (laughs) yeah
1: shocker as he expands his activities uh he ends up doing a short stint at rikers island you know rikers island's like the famous prison uh, right off in new york so he's going to college yeah he did fine in Rikers because he was gigantic and he
2: had connections, but... Nobody was raping him in the showers. Right. They... <laughs> you can't bring a step stool in there. The guards are notice.
1: <laughs> but oh. he really, really, really hated it. And there's like a... You know, when we... Well, yeah, those cells are extra small to him. Well, we have this thing with therapy. Like, therapy's come a long way. And there's a lot of these, Like, Frank Nitti had the same problem. There was these guys that were true gangsters that after doing time... Really struggled with it, and it turns out a lot of them are claustrophobic, but just as a long time ago, and like you said, he's especially big, mm-hmm. so that's a small for anybody. You're a giant yeah. dude, and yeah, a lot of these guys, like real gangster fucking guys, yeah. really would struggle after they did time because they're claustrophobic, and just we didn't know what claustrophobic yeah. was per se, so we'd just be like, suck it up, pussy.
3: It's funny too, I was just reading about uh, an article about. The only uh, three guys to ever escape Rikers Island without being caught, being killed, or them finding the bodies washed up in the river. And it's still like a cold case to this day. Oh, damn. Damn. <clears throat> Well, was it, one wasn't of them Clint
2: Eastwood? <laughs> it wasn't Lenny. Was not of them No, it definitely wasn't Lenny. That was Alcatraz, bro. <laughs> hey, you know, that's same why thing. I asked if it was him. It could have been well, the same you know what? I might have
3: been mistaken. It might have been Alcatraz.
1: That sounds more like it, because I feel like uh, you could make the swim from Rikers been. to New York.
3: I have to go back and look at it now.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, so far, we've been very spot on with all of the facts that we've been given. We're no historians, okay? Locke's the only one that has to pay attention to actually getting shit right. Uh, And even he's fucked up on the scotch, I think. Right? It happens every time. Yeah. I
1: I hear it when I edit. I get it. (laughs) So he comes out, and now he's officially done some time, and he works his way up to uh, personal security for the top-ranking Columbo members. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick smoke break. We'll refill our drinks and we'll be back in a minute. We're gonna make We're going We're back. I've been sticking to my diet beer pretty good, but I, I was always having to drink the two-hearted for a long time, or the half-hearted, you know what I mean? like the Because mm-hmm. I was kind of the only diet craft beer. I was working in Lansing the other day, and I found this Shorts Brew, Got a light craft beer pack. I got this uh, Shorts Brew. It's called Furry Buddy. But <laughs> it's got this little
3: baby bear on it, yeah. but it's a light stout. I love Shorts. A light stout. I don't think I... No, I take that back. I did have a light stout before. Dragon milk stout, yeah, the one that's like, I don't know, 12% alcohol or whatever the heck it like, is. And nine bucks a bottle? They, yeah, they make a light one of mm-hmm. that. And it's, um, the logo is the same, but the can is like a lighter color. It's almost like a cream color. I had that one. Okay. So, But uh, you have to tell us how that one is. It's good.
1: It doesn't taste like a light stout. It tastes, honestly, a lot like Guinness. It's not a breakfast stout or whatever, like an imperial stout and shit, but (laughs) it's, you know, it's no backwoods bastard, but yeah, it's good. Like, I I really love that they're going with craft beer, light beer options now. Like, that's fucking, that's fucking sweet. I can enjoy good beers and not be a fat fuck.
2: (laughs) That's awesome.
3: I do have another beer lined up, but I didn't open it yet because I started off drinking the uh, scotch that we had. And so I actually haven't finished my Lagunitas, Lagunitas but I do have a Dogfish Head 60 minute IPA on standby. So you might hear me crack it in this uh, <laughs> next session.
1: That's all right. We're, Lenny's just getting started. We got time. <laughs> so when we left off, he's now out of Rikers and he's working as a bodyguard for the the top echelon of the Colombo family. In 1970, Joe Joe Colombo, the boss of the former Profaci family. Created the Italian American Civil Rights League. He claimed that the government and the FBI was biased against the Italian American community for regularly arresting Italians and accusing them of being the gangsters and criminals.
2: So, while wow, this guy's the head of, He's the, the head of the Colombo What family. better cover? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys are always thinking we're the head of the mobs. You're the, you are the head of the mob. See what I'm saying? <laughs> My point exactly.
1: This would be a shocker. But it kind of pissed off a lot of the other mob bosses because they were like, "Hey, we're trying to be quiet," and the news is like, "This mob boss yeah. is saying that we're being racist against the Italians." <laughs> the mob boss, who's this guy, John Gotti. So, and he would bring in like uh, they had like Frank Sinatra as a front man, and there would be like a lot of like local priests and stuff, but like a local priest whose dad was a capo for some work. <laughs> like it was, but yeah, the uh, the Italian American Civil Rights League it got real big
2: well yeah what's so fucked up is they have a point that whole thing is they were mad at the mob for making all italians look bad and shit. it was a big uh theme in like i don't know if it was a full season but i know it was a few episode run in the sopranos yeah it comes when, up quite a few times yeah, carmela sopranos. goes in there and they all hate her because of tony putting a bad name to italians and shit mm-hmm. and yet and that's why a lot of Italians they get mad at uh some movies and shit for portrayed they just think now everyone thinks all italians are mobsters and it's crazy that the guy that started the civil rights thing
3: was the head of the mob i think when you think about it that's an issue a lot of times with organizations that pop up that the the wording of their cause always makes sense but when you go behind that to the layers and you realize Who's behind these movements and things of that sort That's what it becomes questionable Yeah You know, but I think that's what we see most often If you research it Joe Colombo claimed there was no
1: such thing as a mafia And terms like mafia and La Cosa Nostra Were terms made up for quote Stigmatizing an entire ethnic group
2: That's right I love this guy How could I be the head of a mob, mobs ain't real
1: (laughs) That's right So they picketed the FBI headquarters.
2: Uh. <laughs> so the mob is outside of the FBI <laughs> picketing. The... Yeah. Holy shit. And we think 2020 is crazy. The mob, the mob is outside. of. Hell no, we won't
1: go. Well, I mean, you see in this, like you see that it looks like a legit political, like a setup that behind that guy has a big flight that they, that's a big uh, float that they brought to a protest. <laughs> They had their shit. Well, and because you know they're mobsters, so they got the money. They don't. They don't dick around when it comes to accessories. We got the
2: florist union in our pocket. They threw an Italian
1: rally in Columbus Circle, uh, which was attended by fifty thousand people. They used boycotts and protests against Ford Motor Company. uh, Against Ford Motor Company, I still didn't say it right.
2: (laughs) Against Ford Motor Company.
1: (laughs) Against Ford.
2: (laughs) For. uh, Or as people around here say, Ford's. Ford's.
1: Yeah. Because the company was sponsoring a television show called the FBI, which portrayed the mafia in a derogatory way.
2: How dare they badmouth the mob? I mean,
3: the mob's not real. (laughs) (laughs) I love the logo, too. Like, with the the American flag, the Italian flag, and the one in the middle, unity they put a lot of thought into this. Yeah. Well, that's
2: what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> he wasn't <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I've heard of, because you even said that, like the Italian-American civil, right? Like that is mm-hmm. a famous, well, like giant order. Like they have 50,000 people. Not all of them are with the mob. It's just crazy that while this is happening, the fucking mob is. Well, it started by Joe Colombo. Yeah.
1: yeah. You have Joe Colombo protesting the FBI. That's not how this works, man. That's like, have <laughs> you ever
3: seen like when those, um, Those things would go around about uh, people that are in, like, Congress or on the Supreme Court and stuff like that. Like, people that make and enforce rules, and then they show all their criminal histories. Mm -hmm. Same thing. No (laughs) different. (laughs) (laughs) Like, all of these guys
2: are criminals. Yes. This is who enforces the rules on you. (laughs) You only want to audit me because I'm Italian, huh? No, this has nothing about my books.
1: They boycotted Elka-Seltzer. For the commercial that was uh, It's with the famous commercial Mamma Mia that's a spicy meatball Oh really yeah. oh. They, they boycotted and protested these, in elkins so.
2: These meatballs are nowhere near Spicy <laughs> enough to make me cry For Mamma Mia and that's I... crazy. The boy got it for Mama Mia.
1: So, I mean, you hear that? Mama Mia, that's a spicy yeah. meatball? Wow. That's an Alka Seltzer commercial that Joe Colombo was like, no.
2: I'm going to tell no. you. This is the mob with Ultra PC. <laughs> this is what the fuck had to do that break legs. Like, words hurt. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? I'm going to tell you what's
3: funny. Like, I vaguely remember that from a commercial. I doubt if it was Alka Seltzer, but. I vaguely remember that. From I think a commercial. that's
2: just in the zeitgeist. That's a spicy mm-hmm. meatball. That's just in the zeitgeist. That's been quoted you, you, so you, many you write, times. The, write,
1: the video, write, it's it. on YouTube. I, I could mm-hmm. probably, I, I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's a Mama me. It's a, God it's Christ. pretty bad. What's funny is you can find the uncut version where mm-hmm. they, they're on take like fifty six of
2: these. Uh, <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. We also. <laughs> Uh, we boycott Nintendo. We do not like the way that Mario portrays Italians. We are not all plumbers, and we do not like overalls.
1: They successfully forced Macy's to remove a game, a board game called The Godfather Game.
2: What the fuck? Oh
1: man! Like so, they. Uh, I mean, it's goofy, but they were getting shit done. I mean, Elka Seltzer, Ford, Macy's, the FBI—like they didn't do no,
3: no
2: little shit. Like See, they only. This went- is- but Martin Scorsese, you're cool.
3: <laughs> this is the problem, though, right? Going back to what I was saying about the people that's behind legitimate things. If you're a regular Italian-American, all of this stuff is legitimate. The thing that's funny is because yeah. it's mobsters <laughs> yeah. that really represent <laughs> what I'm saying. I've yeah. heard of this but it's like, like, it's like they're really going
2: after like real, <laughs> real things. Yeah. that's why that's crazy because like i said i've heard it's been in like get rid of the godfather game well no that's (laughs) like all this other stuff the spicy meatball that's just being against maybe italian stereotypes in general but a very specific thing is they were against the mob For making, it's almost like the way we wish more cops were like against the bad ones for making them all look bad. Like they hated the mob for making like specifically. So to know that the mob, like what mob? Yeah, they don't exist. What do you mean? They they hated
3: you for saying there's a mob. They didn't hate
1: the mob. So they don't pretend like there's a mob. More of that
2: crazy FBI rhetoric. They're in your head. It's fake news. The mafia? Fake news. (laughs) LaCostra <laughs> no what? In 1971,
1: they set their sights on the movie The Godfather. Now, it was an adaption of Mario Puzo's best-selling novel, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, and they set to film it in New York.
2: Wait, did you... Where'd the board game come from? Wasn't that based off the movie? Well, when I said it, I said eventually.
1: Oh. Like, so that was like, I was just kind of running down the list. of
2: Now I just, my timeline was off. It was named after a book and a board game? <laughs> well, the, <laughs> well, the
1: Godfather was a book before it was a movie. Yeah. So, I mean, they might've made the board game off the book, but I mean, either way, they didn't like that. And <laughs> they thought the film emphasized stereotypes about Italian Americans and they threatened them with production. They threatened the production with protest pickets and union strikes. And then the producer, Al Ruddy, also reported receiving unanimous threats of violence and destruction and theft of the production sets and equipment. So they'd go there, and there'd be, like, protesters from the American Civil Rights, or the Italian American Civil Rights League that said, like, we're going to protest, we're going to shut this down. And then they leave, and they would get, like, their windows would get smashed out, or they'd get a note that says, shut it down. Like So they were getting it both angles. They were getting it from the actual, the league, and then both sides of Colombo.
3: I love the So threat of theft. You... Like, listen, if you don't do, you know that equipment,
2: I'll steal that camera. You better shut this shit down. (laughs) So, all right, we don't get super political, but I am seeing a through line here, and I just want to throw this out there. All right, so what you're saying is during the day, they would go out there and they would protest and be peaceful or whatever. Then at nighttime, the other half would come out and do the rioting and break stuff but it wasn't the protest it was the mob that we don't like doing it right and i bet you the protesters got in trouble like they broke everything <laughs> like it was it was the entire italian american civil rights league doing it not just those select
3: few it's like if you have a basketball team right you have your star players and they go out there and score you don't want them to get hurt. Then you have those people you put in just to foul the other team. Like <laughs> Hackershack,
2: shack right?
3: Yeah. You're not going to put your best guy out there in hack a you. Th- <laughs> that's when you throw
2: out your Lenny Montanas.
3: Exactly.
2: We, we need your five fouls. <laughs> yeah. That's the only reason why you're here is yeah. for those fouls. Well, hey, that's <laughs> a big thing in hockey. Every team needs their goon.
1: Right. Al Ruddy eventually agrees to sit down with Joe Colombo and the league at the Park Sheridan Hotel. Which is a famous in New York because that's the place where Albert Anastasia was killed in the barbershop. Mm, so the yep. famous barbershop hit place. That was at
2: that hotel. Oh, so they're having a famous good old mob sit down. I mean not the mob, not the mob. <laughs> not the mob. <laughs> the civil rights uh just a normal everyday sit down.
1: At one point, Joe Colombo, he asked his lieutenant, he was sitting with. He's like, Do we like this guy? Do we trust him or what? You know what? Let's make a deal. So they agreed that all usage of the term mafia were removed from the script. Of Godfather, and any usage of the word La costa nostra. Now, El Ruddy says that in Mario, because it was used a lot in the book, but in Mario Puzo's script, it didn't say La costa nostra at all, and it only said Mafia once. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "Deal, De- deal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll
1: take that out. We no got to more...
2: take out one word."
1: <laughs> but then they also agreed that the the money earned from the premiere would be donated to the league's fund to build a new hospital.
3: That sounds like some gangster shit yeah. to me. <laughs> like, listen. Okay, we'll let you do this, but all the money from the premiere, we'll let you have the back end money. The premiere, we get <laughs> yeah. that. We get Let's that. You, get that over here. Yeah.
2: So he's really doing some like strong-arm tactics. He's mobbing the fucking movie. Like this is so and I don't understand as like all right, if they just stop saying mafia, pretty soon they'll forget about us. Like, that's his whole thing.
1: <clears throat> Joe Colombo also arranged for a number of Colombo family members to be brought on as technical advisors. That was their deal.
3: This guy's really <laughs> smart. I mean, think about it. I love... You get your people working, which, of course, we need people working. So you get your pers- people on the payroll. And then every all the money from the premiere comes over to us. And I'm not strong-arming you. What I'm doing is... I'm helping so that you're not against us as a people. I'm just helping you see that by taking these words out. And you're helping us by donating to the cause. We love you. You love us. (laughs) Yeah. It all all works. works. I scratch your back.
2: You scratch mine. It all works. (laughs) Yeah, but I still don't. All right. All right. You guys can't make this movie. You can't call it the mob or the mafia. It's not that. But we want to be technical advisors on the not-mafia stuff, because we're not in the mafia. Like, what are you a technical <laughs> advisor on if there is no mafia? You have to get Italian-Americans right, sir. <laughs> yeah, but the whole thing is about being in the mob. No, like, it's not. There is no the, mob. The whole movie... That's why I just don't get... Like, okay, The Godfather, they're not in the mafia. Wh- what are they in? Like, it's family. Exactly. exactly. but then just... The family just became the name for the mob. It's still a rose by any other name right. like i really don't understand this dude's point like it's fucking ridiculous. wait i
1: you mean to tell me joe Columbo's not on the up and up
2: i mean i really I don't see the problem here Duke. Yeah. I, mean, it's just I think it all smiling. checks out
3: <laughs> al
1: ruddy at the end of the deal said i'd rather deal with a mob guy shaking hands on a deal than a hollywood lawyer who the minute you con- you sign the contract is trying to figure out how to screw you
3: I like that. You, you know, why I like that. So many people that talk about that, like from quote unquote, the underworld, they always talk about when you get into that real hardcore business and lawyers and stuff, they say it's so much more cutthroat <coughs> than the underworld where you did business on handshakes. And I believe it. And I think it's because so many of these <laughs> other guys, there's a different code or law Mm -hmm. and so they just feel like they can do whatever and what are you going to do sue me yeah there's Mm -hmm. not really a threat of you dying as much
2: well there's the court system and then there's the mob i mean there is no mob (laughs) but i mean that's what it is they're used to that sort of because when you do a mob deal if you do that handshake deal Mm -hmm. you understand like i looked you in the eye we Mm -hmm. made this deal it's not if you go back oh i don't have the documents i'm gonna take like no, you went back, I'm going to shoot you in the fucking face. There is no documents because we're not trying. Yeah. So them, it is all handshake. Like, they're cash business, you know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. In their world,
3: there's no sign right here, initial no. here, here, and hmm. sign here. Yes, that will be 40 kilos. <laughs> <laughs> that do- that doesn't um, exist. Yeah,
1: he's basically just saying, like, yeah, maybe it was scary to get, like, they were threatening your yeah. life. They were threat. But once he had a deal,
2: he's like, well, yeah, it's I mean, deal. once
1: we had a deal, the deal yeah. was the deal. And they were good with it. Like, yeah.
2: we-, we didn't have no problem. Everything was good. So they sent in John Travolta from Get Shorty, and they made some movies. Right.
1: Basically, his technical advisor job went to the highest ranking, uh, the highest ranking Colombo family members, which meant Lenny was on set a lot because he was the primary bodyguard. I mean, he always stood out because he's fucking gigantic. But people they tended to like him because like they said he was a nice guy. Was From, a so,
2: big Italian John
1: Coffey. There was a quote about him on set that said, Lenny Montana was well-liked on set. He brought a diverse experience, both sweet and, well, cruel. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Tender, yet firm. Sweet, but cruel. Like, oh, that's a, that's a hard swing, He's like man. your little fuzzy friend on that bear, on that can. He's a big old bear, <laughs> you know? Soft, fluffy, like, oh, scratch behind the ears and then those fucking claws come out it'll fucking get you it's still a bear it'll fucking get you it's like do you all remember that sour
3: patch kid commercial
2: yeah where it's sour like, now first they they're sour
3: as sweet and it's like the little girl wakes up and she's like oh and the, the sour patch kid has cut her hair off mm-hmm. and then <laughs> she's looking like what and it comes over and gives her a he hug. Knows. And she's like, they're sweet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he punches you in the gut
2: yeah. and then takes you. Oh, it'll, it'll be okay. Yeah. Those I, ones always creep me out because those gummy things. Like, things are walking around, they're faceless. Those things creep me out. Like, if I woke up and like had a gummy man like walking around, get the fuck away from me. That thing scares the shit out of me.
3: Especially if it
2: cuts your beard off. Yeah, fuck that. No. <laughs> hug me.
1: So one day on set. L. Ruddy's assistant, Betty Carter, broke her watch. Lenny asked her what kind of watch she's going to get, and she said, well, I'd want to get a diamond watch, but I'll probably get another $15 watch to replace it. The next week, Lenny Montana brought her an antique diamond watch and told her, this is from the boys. Just don't wear it in Florida
3: mm oh. was so significant would it get
1: taken in Florida. Probably just stole oh. it from Florida. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah.
3: So I'm guessing I, I stole it from a lady down in Florida. Don't yeah. worry there. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm guessing
2: is that I stole it in Florida. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. What? No. Oh, that's hilarious. That sounds like mob stuff to me. <laughs> that's shenanigans. There is no mob. Exactly.
1: And uh, she said that uh, he brought it to her in a wadded up napkin.
2: Here you go, An anti- lady. I wrapped it myself. It's a pretty watch. <laughs> oh, man. That's hilarious. It could have been, hey, he could have tied it to the tail of a mouse and had the mouse run over to it.
3: <laughs> I mean, think about it like this, though. He really was just making sure the watch was quality when it got to her. It wasn't uh-huh. scratched up or anything like that. So put mm-hmm. in something really soft. Well, I mean, he's a a fucking professional. Yeah, exactly.
2: He's been to Rikers. This ain't no bullshit. He went to college. You think he doesn't know how to wrap a watch?
1: (laughs) So after the actor originally cast to play Luca Brasi died of a stroke, Francis Ford Coppola immediately cast Lenny Montana to play the role.
2: Oh, see, it all comes back. He twisted his fucking leg up, broke it. This guy had a fucking heart attack, and here comes Lenny. (laughs) See, he gave her the watch. That's karma. That's how that happened
1: back in the game (laughs) fuck you hard-boiled
2: haggerty my (laughs) how the tables have turned the haggerty may have made it and got on some talk shows but this motherfucker wound up in the godfather so all-time
1: classic forever yeah i mean most people put it if not number one we're talking top five like mount rushmore of movies like citizen kane
3: like you know great shit your grandkids We'll hear, hey, you got to watch The, the Godfather.
2: Godfather. Right. <laughs> Mine won't. <laughs> yeah, he's not a fan. We're not going
1: to get into that. <clears throat> so um, in the first scenes he shot, he was with Marlon Brando and he was real nervous. So if you've seen The Godfather, the scene where... Luca Brazzi and Don Colleone are in the office, mm-hmm. and he, he's talking real awkward and monotone and can't spit it out. That was really Lon- Lenny Montana. Like So they loved him. Like, all oh, this guy's great. And then as soon as they turned the camera on, he would freeze up, and he would do that awkward thing. You can hear James Conn talk about it, but he like he tried to loosen, loosen him up. They'd make jokes. Marlon Brando started making mm-hmm. jokes. They were telling each other, fuck off, and everybody's laughing and cracking up. And then they'd start the camera, and he'd be, go back to Don Colleone. I'm very... Like, he just could not it was, do it every time they turned the, like he was stop. like that
2: cartoon frog that would sing and dance with the one guy and as soon as he brought people yes. around it just would rivet it and wouldn't do anything the, who later became the wb frog
1: and he's from detroit i believe the, the frog is supposed to be whatever the that, frog
2: is i, I swear it's to not God. a real frog yeah whatever that <laughs> frog is <laughs> Uh, I don't... That's our clean debate. To... We got Kiss, Kid <laughs> Rock, ICP, Eminem, and that fucking frog. Well, I would say this podcast has the
1: purple gang and that frog. <laughs> yeah. Fuck all those true. other things. That's what we got. We got the purple gang and that frog. <laughs> I swear to God. I'm not going to Google it right now, but I swear to well, God, I, I think that frog it. is from that's Detroit.
2: Hilarious. Hey, I'll take
1: it. Well, I mean, because he sings Robo-cop that. cop and that frog. He sings that, hello, my honey. Yeah, hello, my baby. Hello, my
2: baby. Yeah. Hello, my that baby. frog, whatever oh.
3: his shtick is, what his name is that he turns into, is from Detroit. I find that funny, though, whenever I, I hear about people that freeze up in front of the camera. Not even like a <laughs> like a live audience, but literally when the camera starts rolling. It, you got to think that's such a psychological thing. It's not even like stage fright and it's a whole bunch of people you're like, oh shit. It's really like if it's us
2: three in the room then Mm -hmm. we're fine.
3: And then you turn on the camera and the person (laughs) literally can't talk anymore. That's crazy. Yeah. See,
2: I don't know. I understand it perfectly. I mean, I'm kind of Aspergerish anyway, so there's lots of situations where I just won't talk because of different shit. But like even us, it took us forever before we got used to having a microphone in our face. A camera's a whole nother. Some people still seem awkward soon as you put the microphone in their face. Like even after doing it for a little while having a camera in your face I, I could see how that would fuck you up especially being in the room with marlon brando and james <laughs> Conn and fucking uh robert Duvall, robert duval and al pacino like that's a
1: that's a big jump into that pool of yeah. a, here's your first scene ever lenny
3: <laughs> you make a good point i just don't know that i would freeze up to where i can't talk i think yeah. being a little shy and your full personality not coming out is very different than I can barely get a word
2: out Well, see, I mean, he did read the line, just your charisma got sucked out, sort of. I'm not saying even I would be that way. I mean, I think having a camera, I mean, like, I would be more focused because I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing or whatever. But, like, yeah, I can understand the people that freeze up.
3: I understand the thought process of not wanting to be there because I hate cameras. I actually, and that's why I said you make a good point. I hate microphones, all of this stuff. But it's one of those things where I'm just always a person who's like, I hate that. I don't want to do that. And so many times if the opportunity comes, I'll face that fear. And when I face that fear, it's like, I'm not going to say it's 100% everything that's me. But it's like, I'm not going to freeze up and not talk. (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, they
1: end up shooting what we see first. The outside scenes at the wedding were actually shot later. So after they had this terrible footage of him, like barely getting through his words, they wrote in the part of him sitting in the corner, reading the lines to practice and showing that he was nervous and stuff. They just wrote that in to explain why that would why he would be so awkward in there. So it didn't just seem like he was this weird guy.
2: Ah. <laughs> That's I like what they had to
1: do. You can't cut his part.
3: I know we were gonna um, let this guy in, but let's scratch that. He's out. So you know that deal we had, and you know how we <laughs> talked about there's no mob. The family wouldn't like that. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that's different.
1: <laughs> I think he thought he could do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was, he wasn't not used to the stage he was a wrestler for a long time you know what i mean that's part that's of this what I'm, saying I'm
2: I'm kind of making these jokes but like we said like he twisted his ankle and missed out his partner went on to be fan i bet you a part of him like this is his chance to be in this movie like i bet you there's some reality to that He's like, uh, Jack McGurn on that eighth Mm. hole. Like, fuck. Yeah. I mean, that would really fuck you up to think like you were right there before. That's like leaving the band and then they hit with their big like song (laughs) and then they're on the radio like, mother fucker. Pete Best and shit. (laughs) Yeah. Like, so I, he, he had to have been holding on to that. There's no way he wasn't. But see, that's the thing. And and
3: we were kind of talking about this a little bit before the podcast that's one of those things where there's so many things that people think you can just do like, Oh, you can just do this because technically you can, but charisma and personalities mean a lot in you being successful in anything that's front facing. I don't care if it sells movies with it. It means a lot. And if you're not the person that can bring that out, you probably should take a role behind the scenes. What he should have said was, I want a director's chair. And <laughs> me paid off of that. You know, then the story could be, yes. Yeah, so and then he became one of the great directors of The Godfather. <laughs> and you won't even know that he's a dork that can't talk. Right. <laughs> you know Well, what I that's mean?
1: what uh he- Hesh from The Sopranos, he made all his money off writers' credits. See? Just give me a writer's <laughs> there credit. You know. and stuff. There you like go. he made all these Motown records or whatever and just gave himself a writer's credit. That's how you do it. Yeah. Despite the difficulties the movie comes out, obviously, uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, Godfather's a hit. I heard something about that. The uh, the line, Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes, is giant. And the Godfather was so well done that people just thought, like, dude, this Luca Brasi character is perfect. They didn't know that he was just really Lenny mm-hmm. Montana. And then they wrote around that. Mm-hmm. They were like, dude, this guy killed that role. <laughs> so Lenny Montana retires from the mob. And over the next 10 years... I'm
2: going to Hollywood.
1: (laughs) He did uh, 14 movies in 10 years.
2: Wait a minute. So... Wow, so he really found out that camera
3: work, huh? So, he was allowed to retire. Now, is this because he had a specialized position in the mob? It's because the mob no longer
2: exists. The mob doesn't
3: exist. (laughs) Retire from what? What do you mean? That's that's a good point. What do you mean? Never mind. Scratch my question. I'm guessing he wasn't made. (laughs) That's true, too.
1: I mean, and what are you gonna do? He probably wasn't too useful. And he was a Colombo guy. Colombo. He got killed at a Columbus Day rally protest for the civil rights Italian American fucking. Like a year later, like in '71, mm-hmm. Joe Colombo got popped doing some anti fucking. Damn it. Damn it. Well, at least, hey, he died doing what he loved. That's true.
2: Well, I mean, technically, the head of the mob died at an anti-mob rally. Right. I mean.
1: He acted with. Uh, he was w- in a movie with Jackie Chan. He was in Matilda with Elliot Gould. He was in the uh, the Jerk with Steve Martin. Oh,
2: shit. I've seen all those. Oh, movies. Oh, he was in. He was probably in the pool scene that. when the mobsters come in there. I, I think he was like Hood Two. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, it was like... that's, that's the only part I can think where big Bad guys come. <laughs> but yeah, I remember by the That's when Steve Martin does karate and beats them all up.
1: He was in TV appearances with Richard Gere, Telly Savalas, Frank Sinatra, and Tom Selleck.
2: Oh shit!
1: And Tom Selleck. Magnum PI. Yeah, himself. he was. He was in Magnum PI. That's what he was on. Oh so. shit! In
2: 1982,
1: he co-wrote and appeared in a movie named Blood Song, and that was his last that, role before he detire. got that
3: Raiders credit. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, after the PI thing, the mustache. You know, I wanted to ride in the car. Couldn't fit six six. You know, Ferrari. <laughs> I want to go for the writer's credit. I think this is the end of my road as an actor.
1: (laughs) I've I've wrote this out as far as I can. I just got
2: upstaged by a fucking mustache. I'm out. He
1: died in 1992 of a heart attack at the age of 66.
2: Mm. Damn. Same year as Aladdin. My favorite Robin Williams movie.
3: It all comes back around, man. The funny thing, though, especially at those times, and I don't know why, but really big guys usually always die of heart attacks and they well, don't make it like really well, old because
2: they gotta, that blood's gotta go a far away. My man. <laughs> that's yeah, that's true. That's true. And that's a big ass yeah, dude. That's the, that, I mean, that is for real. That's why larger dogs, that heart mm-hmm. just has to pump more and more. Like, that's, true. that's why it's an anomaly to grow that big. Cause I mean, nature's like, no, you can't like sustain this. <laughs> this isn't structurally sound like, you know, this plumbing, like, that's got to go a long fucking way.
1: Well, that's the story of
0: Lenny Montana. So say goodnight to the bad guy. Come on. The last time you're going to see a bad guy like this again, let me
1: tell you. The first thing, I mean, we all know what Luca Brasi looks like, so I can just show the pictures now. But I got some pictures of him when he was younger, too. But you guys got any ideas of... Uh, he's been in a movie, but obviously that was also what, early seventies and shit. So if we're remaking The Godfather or somebody's gotta play Lenny Montana's story, you guys got an idea of who Listen. who would you cast to play Lenny Montana?
3: I already know exactly who I would cast, and you know it's not gonna be an actor. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I want Antonio Silva to play <laughs> <laughs> Montana That's actually not bad. <laughs>
2: i mean that's not great because in my mind i'm just going through professional wrestlers in my head like who could because i mean really just a big dude yeah. like that's really all yeah. you need
1: here's a picture of lenny montana outside the guy i'll just say kevin
2: no couldn't it be kevin nash <laughs> i thought
1: kevin nash for a second
2: but yeah but when you see him he can, he looks like a big ass tony shalhoub <laughs> who's tony shalhoub monk uh, he was monk he was also on uh I don't know, everything. Oh, I do. I I remember him. all.
3: Okay. I think of like 13
2: ghosts and like. He's uh,
3: one of, if you see him, He does look like a big. Yeah.
2: His most recent shit that I love him on is Marvelous Miss Maisel. He plays the dad on that. That's a Amazon show. It's good. It's about up.
1: Well, he's really good in that
2: too. Oh, you know who would play him? He's an Ant-Man. He's the stepdad. He was also Uh, in Boardwalk Empire too. He's the guy from the other guys, the desk pop guy, right? Yeah. You never did a desk pop? or no 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 he, no, an- no. he
1: answers when they said they- he's sitting at his yeah, desk yeah he said and they-
2: yeah he's the one who uh he's real pissed off in the uh anger management class or whatever
1: uh, he, he said you shot Derek jeter should have shot a rod <laughs> he's a biracial <laughs> angel
2: his name's uh bobby cannavale
1: bobby cannavale yeah i can see that so here's picture him
2: on the godfather's dude,
1: set decent he's Uh, a
2: big yeah and he's kind of a big tall dude wait is that him
1: yeah so this is lenny when he was on the godfather and now you can see the guy that they're talking about that has charisma that's likable you know that you think you want to cast in a movie (laughs) that's not the guy that's in the godfather though i thought the guy that i thought could do it like at least older uh luca Mm brasi was uh brad garrett the older brother from uh everybody loves raymond yeah, uh, yeah yeah the, the yeah tall yeah, brother yeah. from there
2: he's a big dude. yeah he would he's be a yeah. big dude too. you know him and uh tall the you? other guy bobby Cannaval, like i always thought they would could uh play brothers in a movie because they're very similar how tall is the dude from uh everybody he's i think a big he,
1: dude. he's like six eight or something yeah, he's a big dude like he's bad. i can see that
3: yeah so now we gotta do
1: the defcon scale standard defcon scale is five to one five being the lowest one being the highest on the bad guy podcast None of the guys are good guys. So five would be Lee Murray, who's a crack dealing, kidnapping, bank robber. And one would be the Purple Gang, who's got multiple massacres, multiple gang wars, and they're killing people on the streets. So on a scale of Lee Murray to the Purple Gang, where would you rate
3: Lenny Montana? Listen, this is a good guy. He played, he was on The Godfather. <laughs> he did roles next to Magnum P.I., He tried to fit in the Ferrari. This is a good guy. (laughs) He wanted to give him a baby. Exactly. (laughs) I'm going to give him a six. Okay. Yeah. He set a couple fires, you know, no animals, and this is for PETA, no animals were harmed in the fire. Okay. When the Wait, road, I, don't, you know, I don't. know.
2: Good <laughs> I, fucking mouse went up all I mean, I was with you, but let's be honest here. Listen, Those, listen that was, we got
3: to do this for PETA. No, was Rodin Flambe. Right? No, nah.
1: I should have. I should have <laughs> put that in the legend has it part, and then we <laughs> yeah. can still fucking not not credit him with that. But yeah,
2: I I mean the cuckoos and the cuckoo clocks were also hard.
3: Exactly. I don't so, think
2: they flew the cuckoo for the nature of the people
3: that we usually cover. I don't hear a lot of things about it. It sounds like he was really hired, almost like for what I was saying before, as an intimidation factor. And even with some of the fires, it might have been kind of an intimidation thing rather than going out there murdering people, things of that sort. And he sounds like a guy that really didn't want to be a part of that life or was trying to get out, but it was the only thing he could do with his failed career as a, a wrestler and a circus actor. So... You know, I'm going to give him a solid five. I, I just don't think he was uh, that bad of a guy.
2: Oh, I concur. 100%. I'm with you. Let's give him a seven. He straight <laughs> up, all he did was be big. Still lived like a long life. Shit, he was like 50 or something. 66. 66 so yeah. He died. Well, no, uh, when he went and became in the mob, he was like an oh, older yeah. guy yeah, when yeah, he, he was in the mob. Yeah, he was just big and he was out of luck and he couldn't wrestle no. And the mob was like hey we can give you and i mean the mob is the mob they're not real but it's like the whole good fellas like you see them they got the flashy cars they got the the, he's down and out they got the money all he had to do even him be the big enforcer guy we didn't hear a bunch of stories of him the worst shit is that he set some fires we didn't even hear about like a bunch of deaths that happened resulting in these fires yeah and i mean that was really just a (laughs) He was making that money doing that. That's not good. But, hey, this is the bad guy. He was like my Ukrainian
3: friend. <laughs> he was there for <laughs>
2: intimidation. Well, I, I don't know what happened. They say action. <laughs> I freeze up. I don't know.
1: I agree. He's definitely going to be a Defcon 5. But I think he barely fits on the scale, obviously, compared to what we cover. But I fucking, uh I just kind of love Lenny Montana. I'm like, well, I fucking i don't know he, well, I mean, I mean he, t- he's technically a, a colombo yeah. enforcer yeah. so yeah. he falls into the umbrella of shit that i can cover he,
2: he was in jail he yeah. did arson he fucked yeah. some shit up and i mean i like that like this was a cool ass story we had fun like he didn't have to be a bad guy to be a mm-hmm. worthwhile story he fits the description of a bad guy certainly worthy of being on the show and it was a good ass story that's right
0: it's going to the streets hey y'all it's revolution up in this bitch. Set
3: the alarm, 5. Well, I think what's great about this, and I don't think any other like crime podcast or something like that, you'll hear about this guy. And the story is so interesting. I mean, literally from the early days of the pro wrestling scene to being in movies and that, you know, being on, on popular TV shows and things mm-hmm. of that sort, and also being an enforcer and where paths to certain things meet. Like, I'll give you something really interesting basketball cards okay okay and if anybody if any of the listeners which i'm guessing a lot of them are around our age that may have also collected basketball cards who was a hoops was my brand i want to say this was a hoops because it was well, i don't remember the card being a skyboxer I'm not your guys they had the, they had the crazy they had the crazy graphics so i believe this was a hoops but if you look up or if you have in your collection i believe i have one a Mark Jackson, I believe it was his rookie card, in hoops. In the background, sitting floor seat, is the Menendez brothers that killed mm. their parents. And it was like mm. right after they killed their parents. And so anybody that's listening, go and If you don't have one, just go and Google it, like Mark Jackson. I want to say it was his rookie card, Mark Jackson rookie card. But literally the Menendez brothers are there. And it's one of those things where if somebody didn't tell you, it would be no reason for you to be like, hey, was the Menendez brothers only ever on a sports car? You know, <laughs> and I think that same effect is what you get with some of the people we cover here. Yeah. It's great. It's an interesting story. It makes you go wow, but you would not have known had it not been for the story to even look this person or this incident up.
2: I got a the Little Mermaid VHS copy where there's a dick in the castle.
3: <laughs> <laughs> not on the Little Mermaid.
2: Yeah, and Disney's bad with that. Like no, there's for a real, bunch, there, yeah, there is a, a... cover where there is. It's not a straight up, but it definitely <laughs> is.
1: I forgot I had these extra pictures earlier, but I really like. I think I might get a copy in the studio of Luca Brasi kicking Jackie Chan. So I'm looking at this uh this Mark Jackson NBA hoops card. And, yeah, I do see the Melendez brothers back there.
3: Yeah, it's, it's always crazy when you, um, you know, we'll just call it Easter eggs, when little Easter eggs come about that you weren't aware of before. Yeah. Well,
1: let's just say hello to the bad guy. Thanks for coming, and thanks for listening.
0: Down bad, my mama had to be dead. Spent my birthdays in the trap. We had to work with what we had. She been working on a raise while trying to raise me like a man. Plus my daddy in the box and all my cousins in the can, man. man, And I don't need a hundred friends. I just want a hundred bands, a hundred jokes, a hundred scams. Ay, ay. So I So out of money grabbed a hundred hams. And I ain't wanna fall victim to that system Or to so fuck a judge with a grudge. I'm blowing crud for my mental aid. ay. And I still keep it on me Run and tell your big homie For you meet your dead homie ay. Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy, bad guy. The good guy coming last, last place You smell that dope when I pass by, oh. by. I, I like my money at a fast yeah. pass Say hello to the bad guy yeah. bad I just did the dash hey, in a fast lane Let my money at a fast pace, look like I drag race Country up in my ashtray, I'm in my bag A hey. good girl, bad face, slim no waist and her ass fake And hey. she in love with the bad guy But hey. bad bitches never act right hey. She act up until that bag fly I did a around in one night hey. Say hello to the bad guy hey. I come at last place. You smell that dope when I pass by. I, I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. Good guy come at last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Fast